Alex Mellaris. And I'm Kai Seifu. And here we are, folks, the 2022-23 NHL season. What's better than this? Uh, we're going to drop the puck and welcome our fans. I'm Chris Rooney, the referee. Let's begin. <laughs> Good luck to all players. Yes. Let's have a, let's have a great season, everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, just, uh, so, yeah, in case you missed it, as the Chris Rooney quote, um, prior to like the Rangers lightning game on opening night. Uh, and yeah, just, just got the season off to the worst possible start imaginable. <laughs> like, what the fuck was this guy thinking? Uh, just, this wasn't just, his choice. You don't think so? I know it wasn't. Okay. I learned the the in, intel from the athletic hockey show. All right. Let's he went it. up to, he just was skating, chatting with like Victor Hedman before or after. Yeah. He was like, this wasn't my idea. Like ESPN, like is making me do this. Okay. And like wrote the script for him. Wow. Which is why he read it so unenthusiastic, <laughs> or didn't read it, but said it so unenthusiastically, so awkwardly. I'm pretty sure if he wanted to do that, he would have seemed like he was having a better time than he actually was. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. This well, was a total ESPN plan, and Chris Rooney probably could have come up with something much better than this if he wanted to. You think so? I think that's that's assuming a lot out of Chris Rooney and his <laughs> personality. Um, you know, that's the thing, though. He's, he's boring enough, all, refs, all these refs are, to the point where I could, you know, I really bought the idea that this was fully Chris Rooney's initiative, and he just... Mike me up. I got he's, something. He's just a big fucking dork, all right? <laughs> but, my God. It's, okay, so I'm learning that right now. That was ESPN's idea. Um, just, just fucking bad choices all around, man. Whose idea was that? I don't know how often he practiced too in front of the mirror. Like, he, he had that pretty memorized, right? Yeah, so, there would have like, needed to be full, some rehearsal. That was a full oral presentation by Chris Rooney. Um... And yeah, just just another like stupid decision. I feel like we, they they happen all the time, you know, just like dumb design choices or procedural things. And this is another one of one of many. It's just dumb. We just laugh, point at the league and laugh. The worst part of this by far was the what's better than this because it <laughs> seems like just an, yet another instance of the NHL begging people to like like it, you know, like <laughs> see this is fun. Nothing's more fun than ice hockey. Imagine like the, the NFL, the NBA doing something like. What's better than this? It's like you already have fans. You don't need to to pretend to appeal to to that part of people's brains. Yeah, absolutely. A real please like me moment. Yeah, it's like oh man, we, we we try to pander to man. Like man, what a dumb fucking bit. Let the, let the, like, like just let the fans watch the game. What is it? No, nobody <laughs> got hyped by this monotonic delivery of a shit speech, a shit speech written by some fucking intern at ESPN. All right, nobody needed this. At all. I think if anything, it must have had the opposite effect. People were probably like hyped and they're like, "Wait, what? What are you talking about? Who is this? Oh, the game has started." That's right. It's just, it's just uh, another reminder. This is the most bush of bush leagues, uh, and yeah, like just, just a cringy ass speech. Um, if you were hyped for the puck drop, and then it, it, had, it was delayed by thirty seconds. Thirty seconds that you'll never get back <laughs> because Chris Rooney had to take a dump at center ice. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just, just a bad idea, man. I don't understand. It's like these people, like it, it's like nobody second checks anything, any decision that's ever made with this league, whether it's the league, the broadcasters, because this is just, this is just so dumb. This is I, like who I thought this was a good idea. I'm imagining. I want names. <laughs> I'm imagining like the fucking world golf championships or whatever, opening up with like the golf official being like. Welcome to the greatest golf game. What's better than this? <laughs> you know what I want? I want this speech. 
All right, I want or just what's better than this? I want the ref to say it before every game. Mike topped everybody, and if we can make it a bit, I'm for it. Just, just, because <laughs> otherwise, I, I don't know, man. It's just, yeah, it really is a moment where it's like the NHL thinks it it's, thinks it's cooler than it actually is. Um, and and yeah, there's just no. Just, I think it's I think it's the opposite. Him. I think it knows it's uncool and it's trying to like pass as cool. It comes across as self conscious. <laughs> insecure yeah yeah maybe yeah just either way they uh mystifying decision yeah and yeah well i mean the season has started that's true uh Rooney didn't lie believe- <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh this coming week we're going to restart our little pick one team every week situation have not done that yet maybe we could have um we did both uh get a chance to watch at least the very end uh, plus, of course, the highlight pack of the Montreal-Toronto game. Um, oh, and we'll, we'll we'll get to that in in a in a moment. I think I kind of want to start with the Buffalo Sabers, okay? Because they're interesting this week, and the main reason, or one of the reasons for that, is the Matias Samuelson extension, because he, uh, w- I believe, is like the first skater in NHL history to secure this much money without ever having scored a single goal in the NHL. Uh, quite remarkable. Watch. Yeah. Um, but you know, my first thought was like, you know, I think this deal is going to work out. Okay. I think it's worth it. Uh, he catapulted into like the, well, under the top pairing last year with Rasmus Dahlin and did perfectly fine. Uh, and they planned for him to be like number three in the big three there with, uh, Dahlin and Owen power as like the stabilizing force there for years to come. You get that. You get a very good defensive defenseman for like, what is it? 4.25. Uh, who can play easily in your top four, seven years. I think that's fine. Everyone else seemed to disagree, though. You know what? I looked into it. Initially, I was part of them disagreeers. Right? I was like, this is an unnecessary risk. The Sabres are doing the Sabres thing. Then I looked into it, and yeah, it's a small sample. The other bit is like he's only played like 54 NHL games, right? None of which have obviously had a goal. Um, but, you know, I think it's... I, I've, I've warmed up to this contract. Uh, the the more I look into it, um, because yeah, we we've talked about the, the last few contracts, when it, uh, a few of the big ones like suits and whatnot, um, and projecting for the future. This yet again seems to do that. Um, but already, yeah, he's he's already in those you know tough competition music uh minutes. He hasn't been sheltered really. Uh, and yeah, just just even as just as a compliment to Dalene, um, and you know the way their play styles mesh together, where he's a bit more defensive, but he's not incompetent in the offensive zone either. Uh, if you look at the analytics there. Um, I think it's worth it. Like he, at four point three million dollars, you think that Dalian, if he continues to develop and he continues to have a stable partner like that, uh, he'll, he'll just you know take more steps to becoming that superstar. Um, where and really kind of find his potential and that and a stable partner who's more than competent, like Samuelson, seems to be on track to be at only like twenty two years old. It's like it's risky, sure, but I think it's it's certainly a smarter risk than a lot of the shit we've seen before and. Yeah, especially with the cap going up, four point three million dollars, uh, it shouldn't be too big of a deal. Yeah, the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause about this contract is I wonder if he was kind of, uh, if there's kind of this overcompensation for the fact that just like he plays a lot of minutes and plays high in the lineup, because there isn't, there aren't other good options on Buffalo, and there were comparisons being drawn to other defensemen around the league like Rasmus Sandin, Sean Dursey who are, you know, don't have as much responsibility. And the question arises, like, oh, if these players were on the Sabres, 
um, instead of Matias Samuelson? And are they in those minutes? And are they, you know, are they just as capable of rising to that occasion? Well, I think it depends on the player. I don't think it's a given, certainly. And the fact that I think Samuelson has risen to this occasion with these minutes, with the tough, tough competition, I think it's already a very good sign. Um, I think, you know, we like he's still young. We still can see some variance in his development. But I think he's already in a really good place, right? Because the question with these players like Jersey or or, or uh, Sandine is, are they able to make that jump, right? Um, can they bring that potential and, and kind of fill it out in, into those tougher competition minutes? But Samuelson's already shown that he can't. Agreed. So I think, yeah, it, it, it's, he's already, you know, the, and, and really the, the primary point for me is that if you can have like him and you can lock down Darlene for after this next contract is up, you have your, your like top pair for like, like decade. On top of having Owen Power and him, you know, even running the second pair. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I, I have a sense this is going to be Darlene's big breakout year. At least, uh, judging by that goal he scored, I think, last night. I don't know if you saw it. It was, it was, it was incredible. It was like, uh, I don't know if I'm running this perfectly well. Like, a rush, and then he, like, does a give and go with, like, Peyton Krebs and someone else. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to bring up about Buffalo, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, in the past, we have both uh, not been fans of the idea of individualized goal songs. Okay. Sabres are doing it. Yeah. Did you see this list? I glanced at it. So you didn't take a close look, see some of the mm-hmm. highlights? Not there really. There are three highlights I noted down. I saw Lubushkin. That was the one. That's that the was big the one. one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. the, big. the others, uh, Jeff Skinner is I Want to Dance with Somebody. <laughs> uh, Victor Olofsson, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme by ABBA. Solid. But the Lubushkin one is the best one by far. <laughs> and I wish a player who scores more <laughs> took this one. Because there's a real chance yep. Lubushkin will score no goals all Zero. season long. But we did see some, uh, at least one uh, great edit of Lubushkin scoring when he was with the Leafs last year. Uh, with a gummy bear edited over it. Uh, and it was especially funny because they took you know the original audio with the actual goal song playing like the hollow notes or whatever so they had to blast the gummy bear in this edit in order to drown that out but you could still faintly hear the broadcasters like ray ferrara and whoever so it created this illusion that gummy bear is playing so loud and like you can't even hear ray ferrara's analysis at all it was very funny nice yep i'm, I'm for it uh Absolutely. and yeah could have been fucking rasmus dalian who takes that so you know what just make it the whole team that was going to be my next point. Yeah. Make it the goal song. For the inter- it's, it's a great one. Yeah. I mean, okay, it checks, honestly, all the boxes, I think. First of all, super fun for the fans to sing along to. 100%. Box number two, irritating for the opposing team. Correct. The goal song has to fulfill both those categories, and I don't think there is a song that checks them better so than the Gummy Bear song. <laughs> I think there are better songs. Just to, Oh, well, there are better songs. No, 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 no. better songs for this purpose. In, in that it could get annoying for the team itself. You know, like the bit, I think, by like game 57 <laughs> might get old, but it would still, you know, be better than most right now. You know what, you know what would be cool? Uh, to, this is only the playoff goal song. Oh. Because in the playoff, you know, it's, I mean, Buffalo probably won't make so the we'll playoffs. We'll never hear it, yeah. But like, like for, for any team in general, like, I feel like that's a kind of a cool thing to do in the playoffs to kind of like switch the energy of the team find a new gear that's a nice small thing to do it's like this is the intense time of year here's our our extra special song it's the most hype the most hype the most hype yeah absolutely so i think we found it the ideal usage of this song is as a team goal song in the playoffs 
Um, but in the meantime, hats off to Labushkin. That's a brave choice. Now just fucking score a goal. All yeah. right. <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like, imagine you trained for years to become one of the very best goaltenders in the entire world, get to the top of your craft, only for Labushkin to take a shot from the point that goes off three <laughs> of your teammates, and then all of a sudden 20,000 people are singing the Gummy Bear song at you. <laughs> See, that's the, he's got to score at home, too, right? Like that's- yes! That is oh. true. Even less of a chance. God damn. Here's our prediction. Yep. It's happening one time this year. Okay. One time only. You want to pick the game? No. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said yes, but I don't. <laughs> okay. All right. That was good. I was gonna, I was gonna say we should we should go to the Habs game just to see when they when they play the Sabers just to see if he scores. But no. That, and then we can play point. the Gummy Bear song yeah, off our phone go. or something. Yeah. No. But the, the the experience is to have it blasted in the arena. You know, Absolutely. the whole bit. So. You know, well wishes to Sabres fans. I hope you get to experience that this year. Um, In general, though, I still do disagree with the concept of individual goal songs. Yep. The same reasons I stated however long ago we talked about it. Because the idea of a goal song is it's, you know, something that your team scores and you want everyone to know, like, what song I'm singing along to now to celebrate. Right. You don't want to be like, who was that? What, what song is this? Uh, because I also think we will run into the problems of even someone playing not being sure like, oh, I, that might have been a deflection, but I'm not sure. So, like, I'll play one song, and, like, it won't really matter if I'm wrong, but, like, it's an unnecessary complication. Yeah. Like, what if Labushin scores, but, like, you know, they thought it deflected off of some other fuck in front of the net, and we don't even get Gummy Bear even though he scored. That'd be a tragedy. That'd be horrible. So, yeah, it presents some risks. And also, it's just not the team bonding experience we need um, exactly. out of these teams, so... Yeah, but you know what? It gave rise to this moment. If there was just the Sabres team goal song, there would be no gummy bear. So, and this, I'll make the exception. This, this one's fine. Here's a prediction. If Ilya Labushkin scores at least four goals at home this year, okay, then next year gummy bear is the full-time Sabres goal song. No fucking chance. I know, but... No <laughs> On both counts, the goals. When they see, yeah. when they see how much the fans love it, the raw power. Maybe that will change their minds. Okay, there we go. Your your take has been noted. Or here's yeah. another option. What if another player was like, "I want Gummy Bear to be my song too." Someone else like, mm-hmm. "Same here, same here." All of a sudden, everyone's song is Gummy Bear. What then? Either that or like four members of the Buffalo Sabers have the goal song Gummy Bear, and everybody else is different. Um, I'm with that one. I'm with like the 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 mixed bag for next season so yeah there we go that was the other Sabres thing I wanted to bring up nice goal song discussion yeah uh Travis Sandheim signed a new deal he did exact same one Mackenzie Weaker got what do you think about it I think uh if you're the Philadelphia Flyers like the contract itself I think it's fine uh Sandheim's a a good top pair defenseman and the 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 issue is and and I think the the like you know the the term he was always going to get that Navy's okay at $6 million. Uh, the issue for, for me with Philadelphia, that's the timeline. Uh, this team sucks ass, and you're, this contract is going to take him until he's 35 when he's not going to be worth $6 million. So, yeah, just it, it made more sense to ship him out, get like the boatload of assets they can get for this guy, and move on. But instead, you're committing to him. And, yeah, I don't see him being a part of the, you know, the next core and whatnot. Uh, just wanna, if they ever do become contenders, they'll just be like uh, an overpaid straggler. So timelines wise, I don't get this contract uh, for the Flyers. Yeah, I mean the Flyers have been showing all summer like they think they're they're like they're trying to win. 
which is obviously an incorrect analysis of things. Um, would you say this is better or worse than the alternative of, remember we were talking when they extended Ristolainen, like, and all of a sudden there were rumors like, oh, now they've extended Ristolainen, they've got to trade Travis Sanheim, which is just an incredible mis- misevaluation. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess you would say trading Travis Sanheim and getting a lot back is better for the rebuild than this extension, and I would agree. Um, but it's much more concerning to trade Travis Sanheim just because we don't have room for him in the cap because we have Rasmus Ristolainen instead. So th- those two things can be true, um, but yeah, I think I think rebuild wise, right? Long term, it's smarter to, you know, trade trade away this guy. But yeah, you don't want the added like l- the pressure, the trade pressure, or to have his value lowered by the fact that you need to get from out of his contract yeah. because of the cap. That's for sure. Um, and yeah, just independently signing with the line and is just dumb as brick. Um, but yeah, I think I still think that trading him would have been the right move. Just uh, you want to create an environment, a trade environment, where you're maximizing your return. The Flyers have not been doing that. Uh, and they just went a completely different route, turns out, with this uh, questionable contract. People were kind of um, laughing at the John Tortorella quote, which I just watched before we started recording. It's not as bad as some are making it out to be. Yeah. The quote itself was he was asked, like, uh, does your team have anything positive off of which you can build an identity? And he said no. Uh, but I think the focus of the question was more so like, does this team have an identity? And he was like, no, which is, you know, true. Yeah. Not that unreasonable to say. Would have been much funnier if the interview asked, is there anything positive with this team? And he just said no. Which is true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish that had happened. Um, but I couldn't help but draw the comparison to Pierre Dorian's famous we're a team quote from however many years ago yeah. to the fact that John Tortorella said, we need to find something positive off of which to build an identity so that we can become a team. We're not yeah. even at the step of being a team yet. That's right. Phillies, the, the, Phillies, the, the, the Flyers are, are sub-Ottawa Senators circa like 2019, which is a, a low point. Um, yeah, no, I, it still seems like a dumb, th- dumb thing to say, though. Like, I don't know. It's just like, well, what are you going to find that's going to create an identity, John Tortorella? Huh? Like you're gonna be mean and tough in the defensive zone. <laughs> oh, we found our identity. What a coincidence! It's the same identity as the one I've been on, as the teams I've been on. You know, the last two stints. Crazy. <laughs> the identity. The identity of the Flyers this season will be John Tortorella, right? Which I feel like is true for every team he goes to. Like the identity is me, because we're gonna play my way. Yep. And maybe get into a wild card spot. But with the Flyers, very unlikely. Yeah. They're just scrounge around like tenth, eleventh place, uh, while sucking shit. They're in a playoff spot right now, though. After beating the Devils, being one and zero, uh huh. Well, good for them. That, that I'm sure shit that won't last long. Um, yeah. So this is this is part of the the, the Tortorella problem, right? He has his own fucking orbit, and uh, orbit. Yeah, he has his own orbit. He's on know? another like, planet. No, like everything, everything like kind of revolves around him on the team. Yeah, know? everything's about his fucking identity uh, of like playing gritty and shutting down your own superstars for no fucking reason. Uh, and I think the Flyers yeah, don't have any. Exactly. Well, I mean, it works for them in that sense. I think that's that's what we've been saying, right? It's like, you know, with Columbus back when, when he had Panarin and, and Bobrovsky, or mostly Panarin, um, you know, he brought them down. There's nobody to bring down on this fucking team. So maybe maybe he'll he'll finally bring them up. But even then, it's just, you know, pure mediocrity. So that's the identity of the Flyers right now, Tortorella mediocrity. I didn't see this. Did you see there was some kind of quote Tortorella had about, like, 
There's no respect in this league anymore. Did you see this? Because I, I didn't watch it. I just saw that out of context. <laughs> I thought that sounds vaguely familiar. I feel like there's been a steady stream of dumbest bricks Tortorella quotes that I don't feel like looking into them too deeply. I think it's something to do with like Zegris and lacrosse goals, lack of respect oh, situation. Fuck. Yeah. That, that sounds like he said something last year. He did, I think. He, like, on a broadcast. Know, yeah. Just dumb take after dumb take, this guy. <laughs> yeah. I think everything that comes out of his mouth is vaguely stupid. Too extremely stupid. Somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah. Things he says that are smart are by accident. And for the wrong reasons, probably. Yeah. In- accidentally correct. Yeah. Broken clock bro- situation. Broken, broken clock. clock. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. All right. So, that's the Flyers. So it looks like we may have an, a brand new team that is ass at player development. Oh. The Seattle Kraken. Probably. Because Shane Wright, fourth overall pick. We talked last week, Ron Francis being like, yeah, he's great. He's fitting in with the team. I think he's going to stay with us all year. First game of the season, he plays six and a half minutes. Second game, he's a healthy scratch. Abysmal. So it's terrible. This like rule number one, do not do is to have your prospect, especially a Shane Wright level prospect, to barely play or not play at all. You know, if if this player isn't ready to be on your NHL team making an impact all the time, send him back to junior. Absolutely correct. (laughs) This seems to be the obvious assessment for anybody with half a brain. Uh but not the Kraken. You know, I feel for Shane Wright. I really do feel for Shane Wright. Because you know not only yeah, you know he the Habs made the wrong pick, and then like two the two teams afterwards, you know, did some dumb shit. Well, not dumb as taking Slavkovsky, but you know, he fell from first overall pick presumptively all the way to fourth, and now he ends up in a situation where the team doesn't know how to fucking develop him properly and sticks him on the, in the press box for a game, game two of the season, after playing him six minutes in the in the first game. It's just ridiculous. Like, there's no, I don't know how you're so like nearsighted as an organization. Um, like who's running this clown show? Who's running this clown show? Uh, you know, the fact that, who is it? They're, they're, you know, their general manager, Francis. Ron Francis. Um, you know, he has to step in. He has to fucking step in. He can't get his coach to cooperate. Whatever. Just take him out, send him down, back to the juniors. Uh, because, you know, this is supposed to be a corner piece of your future. Uh, and, you know, you had him fall right in your lap, fourth overall. And it's, you're already bungling it. It's game two of his fucking career. Do you think, it's like Shane Wright and players in this type of situation must know that their development is being botched, right? Or at least some of them, you would think. They're not dumb. To this extreme, like you're sitting in the press box, you're doing jack shit. I was just picked fourth like, overall. You put me on the team and are putting me in the press box. I'm 18 yeah. years old. Are you kidding? Yeah. You would think so. They would have that, at least that kind of awareness. Um, but, I mean, what leverage does he really have? He could ask nicely to get sent back to junior. He could. He already does have this like vague reputation of like be having a bad attitude or whatever, like staring down the Canadians. Lean into it. Yeah. Lean into a chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the problem. <laughs> bad boy. Shane wrong. <laughs> uh, shame wrong. Oh, shame <laughs> right. <laughs> shame wrong. That's gonna be his nickname. <laughs> It's a real shame wrong move for the Seattle Kraken to yeah. just stick him up in the fucking press box. Just remarkable. Yeah. Um, have they? So the Kraken have played two games now, have they? I guess. Sure. They beat the Kings yesterday. So that's something. 
it looks like they are 1-0-1. Oh, so I guess they, they won without Shane Wright. So the moral is send him back to junior. Don't need him. You don't need him. Yeah. There you go. Be- better off without him. You know what? We're, we're smarter than those fucks out in Seattle making these decisions. Yeah. Uh, just incredible. I, you know, I, I don't get it. Matty Beneers rocks though, doesn't he? Yeah. Shrewd pickup on the part of my fantasy team. There you go. Never going to stop hearing about yeah, it. Yeah, three points in two games. Already tearing up the league as a 19-year-old top-line center for this team that's in a playoff spot right now, might I add. <laughs> uh, and Calder frontrunner, Calder favorite. Lock him up. It's going to happen. Maybe even the yep. Selkie trophy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> jokes, jokes. Give him the heart. Who's to say? I've always been a big Matty Beneers. Go back, listen to our uh, 2021 draft previews. They were, there, weren't, there wasn't much of it. But I had Matty Beneers ranked number one ahead of Owen Power. Wow. And I stand by that. And early returns are, I'm correct. Early returns. That's early returns. Two games, man. That's three points. Oh, it's been like a season and a bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's an interesting take. We'll see. We shall see uh, on the Owen Power front. I just realized yeah. the Kraken two years in a row had the second and fourth overall picks. And both, time, both times took my top rated player. Wow. So they're doing one thing right. <laughs> Agreeing with me <laughs> on who to draft in the first round. Player development be damned. Yeah. They're uh they're on the right path. Good stuff. Um yeah, you got Ron Francis year. I think that's that's what we've established here today. If I if I did, Shane Wright would be back in junior. Correct. But only for the draft. He only listens to the pre draft content. Only for the first round content. There we go. Nice. So yeah, that's that's your Seattle Kraken update. This forward group in Seattle is, is good. Is it? I will I will know here. I will hear no slander. Look, Yanni Gordon, Jordan Everly are on the third line. You got Bjorkstrand on the second line, and McCann and Veneers Burakovsky on the first. This is this is deep forwards here without right there. The defense is uh is ass, and so are the goalies. But like the forwards, not a problem. That's deep. Yeah, it's deep. Not particularly good. Kind of mirror the Habs in a certain way, like deep forwards, yeah. no defensemen to speak of. Right. But the Habs aren't good, neither are the Kraken. They're deep. That's, that's, that's the only compliment I'll afford them. Well, they're they're well. Deep is good. It's good to be have depth. Good to be deep. Yeah. It doesn't make you a good. It doesn't make you a good forward group. Yeah, it does. So then, what are you deep in? In bad players? No, you're deep in NHL caliber players. What? Yeah, it doesn't. It lacks the star power. It lacks the bona fide top talent. Okay, this is how I, what I think of when I think yeah. of like this deep, I, what you're talking about. I think maybe we're saying the same thing. I, I think the Kraken have like three good second lines. I think they have two good second lines and a, two good third lines. Or maybe not even two good, one and a half third good third lines. I think that's deep. <laughs> I think that's deep. You have, you have a, you have a fourth and the line depth, and third line depth players. of having like some players who are lower in the lineup than they should be is what makes the group Good overall, right? But that doesn't speak to the quality of the players who are, you know, in those positions. You know, like fine, whatever, are, sure. You know, who you know cares? I mean? Who gives a shit? Okay, you're uh, right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we agree. Seattle's deep. It's deep. Deep. <laughs> Team still sucks shit, but they're deep. Mm-hmm. Another funny thing that happened. Little yeah. news slash note from mm-hmm. this first week. At the uh, Avalanche uh, Cup ceremony, uh, Jack Johnson of the Chicago Blackhawks skated over in his New Jersey and joined them and just kind of, you know, wrapped his arms, arms around them. 
I don't know if we've seen something like this happen before. I mean, I don't. I think this happens sometimes. That like maybe a banner raising ceremony would be like against a player who was just on your team. None come to mind. But to have the player like skate over and join as if, hey, here I am, about to play against you, but whatever. I think most of all, it speaks to the fact that the Chicago Blackhawks are a totally unserious team. <laughs> and that everyone in that organization knows they have no prospects of winning. Yep. They're just here for the paycheck. Correct. Clock in, clock out. Exactly. Because if this were almost any other team in the league, I doubt very much that a player would abandon the team you're actually on to skate over and chat it up and ham it up with the team you were on a few months ago. You're absolutely correct. 100%. The fact that Jack Johnson feels more affiliation with his <laughs> old team that he was on for like, what, one and a, a half year. seasons <laughs> than the fucking, than the team he's currently on. Uh, yeah, it really speaks to the team spirit on the Blackhawks, which is uh, a-, a void currently. Uh, and yeah, just, uh, just, just, just a, f- Fucking fun coincidence, first of all, that is Jack Johnson of all players, who's who's gonna be the defector of the moment. Uh, and yeah, just it's just uh, you're right. If this was any other team and he did do it, we'd be like, might be like a almost a controversy. Question mark? Question mark? You know, like just uh, it'll raise some eyebrows for sure. But uh, instead, we know that you know Chicago's uh, a joke of a franchise right now, and uh, yeah, you know the players are free to do whatever they want as long as they're you know on the correct bench when the puck drops. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't seen any takes like, why would Jack Johnson do this? And like, you have a new allegiance now. You can't do that, especially before that game. Where's the integrity? I think part of that is the fact that he's on the Chicago Blackhawks. I think it has to be. No, nobody wants to defend any part of that team integrity. Um, you know, like what? Yeah, you want you want you want to argue that he should be loyal to the team that's gonna get thirty six points at the end of the season? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, sure. Chicago. Uh, also, oh, this is our first episode since the uh, roster deadline, ah. which is always I think an underratedly fun day. The mm-hmm. final cut, see the rosters roll in. Always some like fun surprises on certain teams. The waivers, and of course the last minute the waiver wire. Yeah. Chicago made a claim. Do you remember who it was? Don't remember. Jared Tenorti's ass is on the <laughs> no, Blackhawks now. No fucking way. Yeah. So their defense, um, I think, well, it was worse a, like a few days ago than it is now because Caleb Jones is off the IR. Uh, but still, here's our group of eight: Seth Jones, Connor Murphy, Caleb Jones, Jack Johnson, Philip Roos. Have you heard of this man? No. I had not. I have not. Alex Vlasic. Okay. Jared Tenorti and Alec Regula. Wow. That's deep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's a team primed for a tank. I I, I don't know what else to say. Um, Absolutely. Just horrendous. This team is so devoid of talent. It's funny. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a piece of work. What was the other waiver act? Uh, I think Valimaki went to the Coyotes. Yeah, that was that one was interesting because Valimaki, mm. you know, he was a promising first round pick, runs into injury troubles. Now he's, I think, about twenty three. Coyotes say we'll try this reclamation project out. The funny thing with cool. the Coyotes' defense is that it's deep. <laughs> I, like I'm only half joking because I they do have on the depth chart like ten defense, and I'm like, yeah, I could see them playing on the bottom pair. Yeah. 
So it yeah. might actually be a little tough for like Valimaki or whoever to carve their way into the lineup. Mm-hmm. Even though Valimaki is the third highest paid defenseman on this team. Right. So do you see my point about deep and good now? Well, okay. <laughs> I I say the Coyotes are deep in third pairing defensemen. I say the Kraken are just like deep in general. I see. Is there really that big of a difference? Yes. If you say so. If you say so. Uh but uh yeah. So I guess the Coyotes are less a bit less primed for a tank is the analysis I'm taking away here. Because their defense doesn't sound as bad. <laughs> but then again it's still terrible, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, so they picked up Valamaki on waivers. They also I we might have talked about this. They picked up Jonas Johansson on waivers from Colorado. Be their oh, right back. Be their backup goalie. Yeah. yeah. He get, he gets injured. They go, oh shit, we gotta pick up another goalie on waivers. Connor Ingram, come on over. And I guess they like Ingram better because when Johansson was healthy, they put him back on waivers. Colorado picked him back up, and so Colorado now can send him straight to the mine. Great, great work, um, by everybody involved. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed your four days in Arizona, Jonas. <laughs> A little vacation to the Sun Belt. Arizona's Johansson. Yeah, well, I mean, where is Colorado? It's a short. It's a short trip, right? They're close to each other. Um, really? Are they? Colorado, Arizona, you know? I don't know. Somewhat to the west. Close to the Western Conference. Um, yeah, I have oh. no other analysis to offer for this bouncy ball, Jonas <laughs> Johansson moment. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what other way? Brett Leeson, playing by the Ducks. Remember that name ring a bell? does ring a bell. Yeah, he was like the double overager who all of a sudden was like amazing in junior. We're like, oh, he's going to be a first-round pick. And he was a second-round pick instead. And now he's on waivers. And now he's on the Ducks. There we go. Congratulations. Uh, anything else? I mean, this is a pretty boring conversation, so I think yeah. we can move on. I think I think we've uh, moved past the relevant waiver claims. Time to talk about PTOs! <laughs> uh, okay, not really, but I'll, I will say I was correct about Anton Schwalman signing with Boston. Anyway, let's talk about the uh, Montreal season opener. Cole Caulfield, first of all, scored two goals. Incredible. I should have picked him in, like, the fourth round in our fantasy. Okay, calm down. I said he was going to score 40 goals. Yeah. 50's not out of the question. Mm-hmm. I'm being 100% sincere. This guy, are you, look, watch him, ever since Martin St. Louis came on board, or I guess more, ever since Dominique Ducharme left, <laughs> he, was, he scored at a nearly 50-goal pace over the end of last season. This preseason, plus first game of the season, he looked even better. He has one of the most incredible shots I've seen in my life. He is, I think, already fair to say, the best goal scorer the Canadians have had in my life. Despite the fact that it's a brief pedigree. Um, are you telling me he's not going to be among like the top 10 goal scorers this year? Or maybe even in the Rocket Richard conversation? I'm, I fail to see what's missing from this package. Uh, I would pump the brakes a bit. Rocket Richard. Pumping the brakes on Cole Caulfield has always been a mistake in the past. Okay. It's proven right. to be so. Fair enough. I don't know about that that kind of conversation. I feel like uh, it was one good game where he had the two goals uh, against a bad goal. It's actually been like five good seasons, but okay. Okay. Well, you you know, like you know, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm saying to the level of Rocket Richard, I don't think he's quite there yet. You know, I think 40 goals is in consideration. I think 50 is a bit on the high side. Um, he only has forty eight more to go. Only, only. Um, but yeah, you can't play. You can't play. You can't play Matt Murray every night. 
unfortunately can't play the Leafs every night. I think like what he has, Oh like, no, he's gonna have to play Eric Comrie and fucking Anton Forsberg instead. Um, what what do we say? Like he's like really good against the Leafs. Like I saw a stat, he's like scored like seven goals in the last nine games or some shit like that. Uh, Justin. So maybe he's got a bit against Toronto. It's like sure. Um, I think there's still room to improve. Uh, I think he'll hit that conversation maybe two years from now. Two um, years? Yes. Two seasons from now. One year at the latest. Okay. Not this season. I think it's a bit early. Uh, early for for contending for Rocket Richard trophies. Correct. For fifty goals. For fifty goals. Yeah. I I will make the wager right now. Okay. Right. Actually, no, I won't. I will. I'll. I'll. I'll I would confidently say forty. I would. Yeah. I I say, I say it's a possibility. I think he's still susceptible to, you know, long stretches of volatility, which is what I would be concerned about. I'm not concerned about his ability, right? It's just like, can he sustain it over a full season? Um, or will will we see like some up and downs in in, in his games? Will he have stretches where he kind of goes cold? Well, everyone has stretches where they go cold, right. but like his hot stretches are out of this world and near the top of the league. Right. Well, we'll see. Like Max Pacioretty's hot stretches, you know, because he was a pretty streaky player too, and he was with Montreal. Yeah. His hot stretch would be like five goals in seven games. Caulfield's have the potential to be like twelve goals in ten games, type of thing. You know? You think? Yeah, a lot. I know it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah, it's a lot. This is gonna be a Hall of Fame player. <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah, he's making the Hall of Fame. Number to the Raptors, the whole okay. shebang, the whole bit. Yeah, at yeah. least one Hart Trophy too. Okay, it's happening. All right. Hey, I'm on the train as much as you are. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You clearly aren't. Yes, I'm on the train. Maybe not the same car. You know? <laughs> maybe you're a few cars. Maybe ahead. you're in the caboose. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know if it's a caboose, but uh, yeah. How old is he? Twenty-two. Uh, twenty-one. Okay. I think he's twenty-two in January. All right, so he's not there yet. I'm, that's what I'm saying. But he'll be there. He'll get there. I wouldn't be worried about it. Oh yeah, it looks great. But uh, yeah. Did you have a chance to watch the opening ceremony of that game? Because I didn't. I just heard about it. Yeah, I just saw bits and pieces. I didn't actually watch it. Um, the whole like flame bit. Yeah. Like passing the torch and shit. Have have we gotten older or have these ceremonies gotten worse over the years? Oh, maybe oh. both. Hmm. Yeah. Cause I I we'd be like when I was like you know twelve years old or whatever like so hyped for this type of thing. Yeah. Um. The first one I remember being like really was like twenty sixteen seventeen season. It was the summer after the Subban trade, so like Weber was there. And, Big shakeup, obviously. And the bit was like, there were people like with the drums all around the bell center. And like, that was the photo. It was like, there was drumming going on while the players were coming out. And it was, I was like, this is kind of mid. This is like very like alternative type of thing. And I haven't watched this ceremony. So I was hoping he would have. So I guess we can't make too much of a commentary on it. But it felt like there was much more disdain for it this year than normal. Right. Even people who are like, Montreal, they've been like, you know, the masters at this, but like there was something off-putting about that one, or maybe off-putting isn't the right word, but that felt like it dragged on more than it normally does. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they've they've kind of taken the pedal off there. Uh, I feel like it's, there's, there's nothing new and exciting about it. I think maybe when it was, what, back like five, or more than five years ago, uh, back like eight years ago, um, there was just a bit more excitement. Um, a, a bit more novelty, uh, and now it just feels like they're refreshing the same bit year after year. Let's brainstorm. 
Yeah. New idea. Okay. New idea. This torch shit out the window. All right. Done with it. I don't it. want the fire graphic. All right. The dumbest thing with the torch, because passing the torch is like the symbolic, like the past generation of players passing it to the new one. It's this. It's a lot of the same players from last year. You know, like Suzuki, is like torch is still being passed. If like Carey Price had announced like he's officially backing away and he came out and like passed the torch off to someone, that'd be fucking tearjerker city right there. That's not what happened though. Maybe next year. If that's what happens next year, I'm all for it. If not, we need to get rid of this torch. It's over. We're done with it. Come up with something new. We can't pass the torch every year. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Also, I, now that I think about it, I feel like there's, there has been a shift within the fan base um, over the years where nowadays it does feel less focused on like the whole history bit. Mm-hmm. And so I think it resonates less. Absolutely. Um, like back like eight, nine, ten years ago, like it was still like, oh, the lore of the Habs or whatever the fuck. Too long ago now. Too yeah, too, lo- too long. It, yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> you know, there was like a hundred year celebration. That was cool, whatever. And like you know, people were fully bought into that. But now it's it's over. It's over. Like it's it's really like focus on hyping the players of now, um, because that's what'll get people excited. All this like passing the torch did. I feel like people aren't as interested. I think by people, I agree with you, and I think because like ten years ago or so. We were really kind of still at the tail end of the first generation of Habs fans that hadn't experienced success, and now we're like well into the second one. Right. So like, for like a lot of young fans, like Saku Koivu is like the history of the Habs. Andre Markov, you know, yeah. the 2010 playoff run with Halak is the history. So like, you can't automatically say history, yeah. and it's all look at all the Stanley Cups, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's some low points in the recent history. There's some disappointments and sadness awesome. for the first time in the history of this team. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we need a new angle. It can't be so focused on history. can't be so focused on the torch. What are we thinking instead? All right. How do we, how do we bring out the hype? What's hype about this team? Caulfield and Suzuki. Okay. Hmm. It's a Caulfield party. <laughs> Just celebrate Cole Caulfield. All right. So, okay, listen. So what do we... So home opener... We want, basically, the idea is the players are coming out onto the ice, getting introduced, and the fans clap for them. That's the essential purpose of this home opener thing. How do you make it exciting? How do you make it something people want to watch on TV? How do you get people pumped for the season? You ready for my answer? Yes. You can't. I've thought about it. There's just, I don't think there's a way. I think it's just, it's just no matter what bit you do, I think it's dumb. At the end of the day, uh, and <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Just like get some celebrity to come pump you up, or I don't know. No, that would be dumb. Yes, but there are no good ideas. At least I don't think so. I just feel like whatever I come up with as a general thing, I don't think it's like I haven't thought of, like I haven't thought outside the box. I feel like whatever I think of, just as a oh, this is how we're gonna open our season, is inherently stupid. Uh, and I think it's time to do away with it. Or just accept that it's stupid. Not really put much effort into There's it. There's something here. There's a good idea somewhere. We just I need to find it. Okay. It's possible. Okay. You think so? I think so. Because like people have gotten excited about it in the maybe is it just because the team sucks ass that it feels impossible? Because like it'd be very easy. To, I feel like to hype up, I don't know, Hurricanes fans or something like that of a good team. You could like okay. Let's 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 do that exercise then. How do you hype up a good team? Like, well, remember a few years ago before the bubble started and the Lightning filmed that like water oh, yeah, video? That was, good. that was a good bit. And then won the cup? Yeah. That wasn't exactly the same thing, obviously. 
Okay. But like that, that that's not an opening ceremony. Something a little more personal though is what I'm tr- is what I'm trying to say. But like what can you do in an arena that feels that personal? A speech? I don't know. Speech. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that was a good video. Ooh, I just got a something. Speaking of players holding the mic, every player introduces the next player and like hypes them up a little bit. Here we have my buddy from fucking Saskatoon. He's got the nicest hair on the team. I don't know. Connor McDavid or whatever. Insert yeah. player name. That sounds horrendous. No. <laughs> it's but funny until you hear this like seventh. It's like, funny like, until this guy's got gri- yeah. this guy's got a great bucket. <laughs> <laughs> it's until the players are boring as shit. What? It's funny until the players are boring as shit. Exactly, which you know, it's the NHL. So that's ninety-seven percent of them. Yeah. You really trust the players to come up with an entertaining opening? No. Exactly. But there were definitely don't tell me there wouldn't be some highlights coming out of that. Some moments that make the rounds on Twitter that are hilarious. Right. Correct. On Twitter. Where I can Where I live. Where I true. But where I can see the condensed version of everything. But I'm I'm sitting in the arena. All right. I don't want to wait twenty one bad announcements so I can see one or two uh that are like gems. So I can be like, Oh shit. I can't wait till I see the highlight of that on Twitter when I get home. You know? Okay. So if we are focusing on in arena experience I think we should. Then well, well you you do both. But I think it's important that the in arena stuff is good. Then I feel like it is somehow, in some ways harder, in some ways easier. Harder because they have to watch it all. Yeah. And easier because, you know, when you're in person, it's easier to get excited about something that's right in front of your face. Depending on what it is, which we can't figure out. No, maybe it's just like doing the Tampa bit, the, the video, fun video. Put it up on the fucking screen. I feel like there is a kind of segue, like that incorporates projections onto the ice like montreal would do jumbotron things have this like multimedia event that is followed by or perhaps corresponding to the players coming out onto the ice okay yeah that could sound possibly engaging <laughs> still no concrete ideas though that we have no no, no we'll work on this maybe probably not i've got a lot of work to do yeah i, got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I think we've, we've spent way too much time on this i think probably Anyway, so the Habs game itself, yeah, which we started oh, yeah. talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was a crazy exciting finish. An awesome way to start the year for for Montreal. Sean Monahan of all people scores the go ahead goal. Nylander ties it after. I'm thinking, all right, yeah, of course, because it felt reminiscent of last year. Like on the off chance Montreal would go ahead, the other teams probably tying the game and winning it in overtime. But this year, no, Josh Anderson. Scores with 18 seconds left off of a, a awful Jake Muzzin turnover. All right. Great shit. I feel like this is the highlight of the Hab season already. It has happened. Probably. Um, yeah. I, I honestly think so. I think this is the, as fun as it's going to get. Every, <laughs> That's so every, true. Every course, every subsequent win will be clouded by the fact, by the, like, the nine losses that came directly before it. <laughs> And so this is it. This is this is like against the leaf, exciting game, back and forth, hype third period, especially the last like seven minutes. And yeah, no, 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 like seven game losing streak to burden you, uh, and and your viewing experience. So I think that's great for the Habs. Um, they were not the better team out there, but they benefited greatly from Matt Murray's glove and or lack thereof. Exactly. And yeah, so I think. They took advantage of the situation to produce the best win of the season on night one. 
It's funny that you mention uh, losing streaks that will precede wins because they did. They are technically coming off an eight-game losing streak in the preseason. They were zero and eight, and then won the first game of the regular season. That doesn't. If we're yeah, if we are just looking at games that count though, when was the last time? Uh, I guess the twenty twenty one playoff would be the last time. Uh, but that they've had two consecutive games as fun as this one, ever as fun as these. They had you know this win against Toronto and the like ten one win over Florida, at the end of last season. Which <laughs> calling those two consecutive are is very generous. Which these two games they kind of give up the same vibe in the way, and also the Ryan Paling like four goal game from however many years ago, because by that game they had just been eliminated from the playoffs, so it was like we're not making the playoffs. Having fun anyway, though. How crazy is this? Wow, this promising prospect just scored four goals, uh, who has obviously since been shipped away for more or less nothing. Um, same thing with the game against Florida. Last game of the year, nothing's on the line. Look at us. And now, even though it is a season opener, we all know they're probably going to finish last in the division. So it kind of feels like an exhibition game in a similar way. I think it's a bit different. Well, I mean, different from the preseason, but yeah. similar to those season closers in the, in the fact that, like, Oh yeah, the team's not that great. Kind of playing for nothing, uh, but we had a great time. See, but that's the thing. I think it's this one's better, better because the other team is playing for something. You know what I mean? Like last mm. year in Florida, they, they don't give a fuck. They lose ten to one. They still won the President's Trophy. They don't give a rat's ass. You know, Toronto. They had a fucking meltdown. You know, like the, the Sheldon Keith coming out. <laughs> this is unacceptable. <laughs> that's the way the team is after what we went through last year. It's horrible. And it's like everyone's playing, like everyone's throwing a fit in, on on like Leafs Twitter. It's just it's very good in that sense. So you know you get the double dip. So I think this win is better than you know your Ryan Paling wins, your ten one Florida wins because Toronto cares and they're just as devastated. They're just as a bunch of fans that are happy about it. That is true. I think while it's better in that sense, I do think the Paling game is definitely going down as an all time classic, whereas this one may not. Yeah. But I I see what you're saying, and I would tend to agree. Fun trivia about this game, which you might know. Who led the Canadians in ice time? I have no clue who led the Canadians in ice Take time. Take a guess. Was Mike Matheson. Injured-ass Mike Matheson. He was literally not in the lineup. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, so I'll, I'll give you one more guess. <laughs> Let's see. Who's, who even is on that defense? Do I want me to list you the six defensemen? Please. You've got David Savard, Chris Weidman, Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, Arbor Jackey, and Jonathan Kovacevic. Okay. Let's say David Savard. The answer is Caden Gooley. Oh. Led the team. Uh, David Savard was four seconds behind. So you were close. Uh, but Caden Gooley, first NHL game, 22 and a half minutes on the ice. Number one defenseman, de facto, right away. Okay, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but before this yeah. game, Gooley and Jack Guy, zero NHL games experienced. Kovacevic, four. Jordan Harris, I believe, was 10. And the others are Weidman and Savard, who have significant amount of experience being mediocre at best. Uh, and this ragtag group of underdogs managed to uh, hold the Leafs to three goals and win. <laughs> How about that? What an underdog story. Uh, can't, can't imagine it's much more than an outlier <laughs> of a game. Because <laughs> they stink. My God. Um, yeah, like I said, they were not the better team here, though. Let's not no. fool ourselves. The Leafs were fully. They just, yeah. In, in every sense of the word, the Leafs were the better team. But, you know, bad giveaway here or there. Uh, half the net is empty because the goalie stinks. And there you have it. 
So I wouldn't I wouldn't pull much from the defensive performance of the Habs. That's all I'm gonna say. I will say just, people were pointing yeah. out Gooley looked good. Okay. Even like in his minutes against Matthews in that line, he looked solid. Which is uh nice to see. Promising. Very promising. Nice. Next Matthias Samuelson, perhaps? Yeah. You never know. Uh the the issue is you need uh the Rasmus Dalin. But uh you know Jordan Harris. There you have it. Of course. Same caliber. Um Got potential, even though we ragged on that pick. What was it, four, three years ago? Uh, it was two years ago. Uh, it was almost exactly two years ago because the draft was in October, twenty twenty. Feels like yep. a long time ago. It does kind of feel like yeah. a long time ago. Um, I was gonna say one more thing about this game. Oh yes. Uh, interestingly, healthy scratch, Jonathan Druin. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't really see this coming because it seemed like over the summer. Yet, you know, for the sixth fucking year in a row, these pieces are like, this is the year for Druan. He's he's ready to play well or something. But Martin St. Louis is kind of, you know, not, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, four times, five times. Shame on both of us. Shame. Won't get fooled for the sixth time. Even though St. Louis not his yeah, sixth say, time, obviously. This is his first time, but he's preemptively avoiding it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess fooling, not fooling the fans anymore. I was like, yeah, healthy scratch. I won't even, we'll barely blink at yeah. it. Uh, he couldn't even, well, Rem Pitlick was in the lineup instead. Even Mike Hoffman, who had a notoriously god awful preseason, got into the lineup ahead of Jonathan Drouin. I think the sign that San Louis uh, just like doesn't really believe in this player. And to be fair, I don't really either. That's fair. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, you just. Had too many chances. I think he'll get in the lineup eventually. Um, and he'll have to to show it there. But I think the the blind opt the days of blind optimism are kind of gone now. Um, where they're like, oh, he's let's try him out again. Trot him out on the second line. Um, it just it's not happening. He'll just have to. He'll actually have to, you know, in whatever limited minutes he gets, he'll have to show out. Uh, if he wants to to get that rollback. It's kind of fun to look at time on ice stats. Because you get a sense of, you know, which players are playing the most and therefore which ones the coaches think are more valuable. Suzuki was I played by far the most of any forward on the Habs. Caulfield was next, a couple minutes behind, followed by the uh, eighteen fifteen time on ice, Sean Monaghan. Oh. What do you know? The classic pump and dump. Getting ready for the trade yeah. line. Already scored a goal. Yeah. Trade him now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. I mean, if he, the, the, the bit is if he can stay healthy, right? And, Try to regain his form from two years ago. Uh, can be a decent bottom six forward. Maybe. Yeah, at least. So I think he showed that. He, he had a solid game, yeah. uh, especially defensively, I thought. So, yeah, Sean Monaghan. I think there is this sense around the team that, like, he can bounce back, which is part of the reason why they acquired him. But we said at the time, even if he doesn't bounce back, the trade is great because they get a first-round pick. But there's this sense, you know, that he can return power to form. Uh, especially if like they play him on the wing like they did, or for at least part of the game, if not the whole thing. So, so yeah. Yeah. I, as I said, this is a, this is house money with Sean Monaghan. So, uh, and they they have like the, you know, the opportunity to, that they can provide him to kind of play play a role that suits him best because uh, you know, this roster isn't just very, just isn't very good, and there's really no one that's gonna come in and be like, we need to prioritize this guy over Sean Monaghan. Uh, 
they can, you know, put him at wing, put him at center. Uh, there's no real negative consequence to, you know, putting him where he and needs to be. Yeah, forwards who played the least for this team, from least starting with the lowest. Jake Evans, under 10 minutes. Dry first <laughs> overall pick, getting 10 and a half minutes of ice time. And I'm getting dead enough. Who has not impressed? It was not impressed. Unfortunately. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I'm surprised Evans got that little, that, that little ice time. Um, yeah, I guess, is he like centering the third line? Yeah. Evans? He's on the fourth, fourth line. line. Okay. So He's on the fourth. Okay. Well, there we go. I guess there's some center depth now on the team. Uh, <laughs> deep. <laughs> deep. Well, didn't we say that? Wasn't that, wasn't that the bit we talked about? The Habs they are. have a deep forward core. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, but I honestly I prefer the Kraken's depth to the Canadians' depth because Montreal's depth consists of guys like Drewan and Hoffman and Dadanov. I would agree, absolutely. These nothing wingers. Yeah. There's there's really nothing worth a second like higher than a second line role than Caulfield and Suzuki. Everybody yeah. else is bottom six forward on a good team. The thing with like Hoffman and Drewan and Dadanov, I don't even think of them as bottom six forwards really. Maybe or maybe Dadanov. I would give the benefit of the doubt too, because he has, you know, been pretty solid, and I think he can kind of find a groove. Um, solid, not with Montreal yet, but you know, like yeah. last year over the course of his career. Jordan Hoffman at this point, I'm like, I mean, you're a bottom six forward only in that you are listed on the third line. What you are is a washed top six forward, or in Jordan's case, like, I honestly doubt if you ever were a top six forward except for like flashes here and there, because Hoffman. For example, who at this point is at absolute best a one-dimensional power play weapon. Um, I'm like, it's not worth having you in the lineup. Definitely not in the top six. Probably not in the bottom six either, because you're a defensive liability. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I guess you know they can't play every role. Like, like you know, that's right. Especially with Hoffman, that's the guy who sticks out, right? Like he doesn't he doesn't make sense in a bottom six role. Um, they just call him a bottom six forward because he used to be a top six guy, but no longer. So. <laughs> Yes, it's weird yeah. though when you look at a player like Hoffman. I feel like any player, if you look at and go, I would never put you on my third line. Okay. Then I feel like that's a sign like you, they shouldn't be on your team at all. Hmm. How's that for a, a theory? Okay. Interesting. I'm trying to process it. I'm trying to trying to figure out the implications. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's room for tweaking. Yeah. Um, but you know. If you're kind of a one-dimensional top, I guess the point is being made. If you're an offense-only okay. player, uh, and all of a sudden you're just all around not valuable enough to play in the top six, then you're off. The There's team. no real role for you. Yeah. Yeah. I I I fuck with that take. Yeah, what I'm saying. Right. Because I think you know, for a lot of teams, you want to use your bottom six, or at least just neutralize, right? Uh, that when whenever they're on the ice, and if you're just a net defensive liability, you can't shut them down whatsoever. And if the guy, like the other team puts their top guys out, you can't hold your water in the defensive zone. You're going to get cooked. Right? So, yep. no point putting you out there. All right. Uh, little preview. So Montreal's playing Detroit tonight, I believe. Do they win again? Get a little winning streak going? Or do they fall at the hands of the greatest goalie in the world, Billy Huso? Um, what was the bit last year? Like, like forever to get a two win two game win streak or like win two games in a row i don't they I, it was at least till st louis yeah. was hired they didn't have oh two wins in a row. and this time they might start the season two and oh they might uh was well, this is the red wings opener right? 
Philip Zadina healthy scratch. I don't know if you saw that. That was a bad take on our part. I'm glad we didn't start recording a podcast till the year later. (laughs) I mean, was the okay? Well, I I think we can say now the Kakanyemi pick was better, just in that they got a trade return for him, uh, or offer sheet return, I guess. Um, which they wait, wait. I'm 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 blanking now on whether they use that return. Oh wait, like like to get Dvorak. Dvorak, didn't they? Or if there was a different pick that they traded. Uh. I think it was Carolina's I'm, pick. Yes. Yes, it was. So, they got Christian Dvorak. Who's an NHL player. I would trade Christian Dvorak straight up for, for Philip Zadina, though. Reclamation for sure. Project. Yeah. Reclamation Project, 22 years old. Yeah. I don't, my thought isn't, oh, Zadina would have been... Would, my thought isn't, oh, Kalkanimu is better than Zadina. My thought is, damn, Brady Kachuk or Quinn Hughes would have been the right pick, it turns out. So, we were wrong, but so were <laughs> That's they. right. So, doesn't make us any less right. Correct. Nope. Well, we were, we were wrong. There we go. Anyway, time yep. for guess who. That's what I think. Oh wait, this is our first. We didn't make a prediction. Have the Red Wings. Oh, uh, Red Wings are gonna win. Yeah, they are. Good for your fantasy team. Yeah, good for my fantasy team. Maybe even a shutout. Actually, no, another Caulfield's probably gonna get like a hat trick or something against that awful Ben Sherratt defense. Mm. But uh, you know the. Habs defense will also their time will come. They'll get torched by Larkin and Raymond and company. Okay, time for guess who? And we had two teams left. Uh, and we have selected noted off. What is it? Not off. Fucking overseas team. What were you gonna off seas? Is that what you're gonna I say? I was trying to say overseas, but I couldn't oversee. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, the Predators. They're relevant. They went two and zero. In both games against the Sharks, detached for first right, in the league for them. So that's why we have selected them, and their twenty-five players to uh, join us on our adventure for our first in-person guess who, live. Yeah, live. it's it's quite easy at this time of year to pick which twenty-five players, because I looked at their roster and added two more that didn't quite make there the team. Uh, so we've got two goalies here: UC Saros and Kevin Lankinen. Uh, only seven defensemen. Roman Yossi, Matthias Eckholm, Ryan McDonough, Alex Carrier, Dante Fabro, Jeremy Lozo, and Mark Borowiecki. And the difference in forwards, including Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, Michael Granlinino, Niederreiter, Tanner, Janoeli, Tolvin, Yakov Trennan, Colton Sisson, Zach Sanford, Cody Glass, <gasps> Kiefer Sherwood, Cole Smith, Michael McCarron, Philip Tomasino, who didn't make the team, and Mark Jankowski. Who also didn't make the team. Who also didn't make the team. Yep, go on random.org. Funny thing I noticed is there are, uh, well, there's only like one first first round pick on the defense, which is Fabro, but like a bunch of high picks up forward who didn't live up to expectation. Like it's guys like, I mean, Duchesne's pretty good and Forsberg as well, obviously. Like Johansson, Granlund, Niederreiter, uh, Cody Glass. These were all high picks. Jankowski, McCarron, uh, also first round picks. And so on. Sounds like the National Predators experience, doesn't it? It's absolutely the National Predators experience. All right, I have my player. How should we do this? We uh, declare. Oh yeah, because we can't. I can't oh, mute. that did not I occur to mute me. My fucking at all. Earbuds or whatever the fuck. I just need like, fucking, close our well, ears and close our eyes. No, no. I th- I think we can remember at the end of, uh, when we finish recording. Uh, we'll say our players then, and I'll put it back in for editing right after here. Okay. Okay. All right, so I will place my player right in this little block, Roman Yossi. 
All right, now Taisei will put his player in this little block. Cole Smith. All right. So, um, so who won last time? Let me pull up my uh, my thing. It was a tie last time. You won the one before that, which means I still have home guess advantage. So, guess away. Start with uh, is it still topical? Was your player a first round? Was were they a first round pick? No, my player was not a first round pick. Gonna do the tried and true sort by number. Is your player's number thirty two or lower? No. Yes. Down to twelve. Yeah, I'm at thirteen. It's tragic. Uh Uh, was your player drafted by the Nashville Predators? Yes, my player was drafted by the Nashville Predators. Easy work. Count to six. All right, let me just count something up real quick. All right, uh, is your player's age an odd number? Don't have age on your spreadsheet. I don't trust. I think I made a mistake. How? Uh, so you don't mean you don't trust yourself? Yes, I don't trust myself to keep a, an avid da- age database. Everything else is easier. So, um, all right. Odd number, you said. Age. Yes. No. All right. So let's get rid of the 24-year-old, the 26-year-old, the other 26-year-old, the 30-year-old, the other 30-year-old. Just that it wasn't odd. That what? Was, you asked if it was odd. I said no. Oh, thanks for You're telling welcome. me. You you didn't, I didn't have, have to, do to that. but in case I, I wanted <laughs> to clear it up just in case, you know, like uh I okay, did a okay. say. Getting rid of the twenty five year old, the twenty seven year old. That was very kind You're of welcome. you. If you had hadn't already locked up the entire series, would you have kept your mouth shut? I don't know. Who knows? We'll never know. That's the okay. speculation. All right. All right, down to six. Oh. I have uh, six Nashville picks separated between the second and fourth rounds, three, three in each round. So it seems like a logical place to, to rest. Um, would your player draft in the second round? Yes. Nice. Is your player a defenseman? My player is not a defenseman. All right, down to three forwards. All right, I've got two forwards and a defenseman. I have Roman Yossi, loaded dude, um, Colton Sissons, and Yakov Brennan. Wow. Nothing, nothing speaks the same quite like Colton Sissons and Yakov Brennan. <laughs> the same guy. Man. Like, you Colton Sissons feels like a guess who correct answer, but that kind of makes me wary of him. So I'm going to say, is your player Yakov Brennan? My player is That's not fucking Yako dog. All right. All right. I got Cole Smith, noted nobody, Ryan Johansson, and Michael Granlin. I feel like I kind of have the opposite thing with you, uh, where you had a notable and two mids. I've got two notables and one mid. But Cole Smith is maybe a little too irrelevant for me to feel confident. Guessing. Are you looking at me to try to gauge a reaction? Yeah, try to gauge a reaction, but I don't think it's going to work. Um. Man, nah, never mind. I'll nah. guess Cole Smith. Is your player Cole off. Smith? Yeah, it's Cole Smith. Yeah. Uh, is your player Colton Sissons? Nope. Roman Yossi. 
Oh, boo. <laughs> Which is oh, hilarious. Because, <laughs> because before we started recording and we did the mic test, I said for my mic test, is your player Roman Yossi? And Tessie was like, is this foreshadowing? It was. And it, well, it was, except he was my player. All right, so one nothing for me. You know, you said it out loud, so I would not say it. There we go. That's how it works in the future. Oh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I see what, well, that strategy did not work for you. All right, let's randomize once more. Dude, when I saw fucking Cole Smith at the top of my list. This guy's so <laughs> fucking random. Yeah. Bones. All right. I will put my new player in this block. Dante Fabro. And Taisei will put his new player in this block. Ryan Johansson. All right. Time for me to guess first. Uh, let's sort by draft team. See if a more or less even split. How many national drafts? Sorry. Uh, not so many. Uh, oh, oh, I could do one of these though. Was your player drafted by a team that was not the Nashville Predators? Yes. All right. So that means your player was not drafted by Nashville, and it also means your player was not undrafted. All right. Um, here's my question. Okay. Um, is your player's last name Lankinen or earlier in the alphabet? Yes. Could your player your last name Kevin Lankinen? Is that why? So quick. Who's that to say? So quick. <laughs> I'm, I'm, what can I say? I'm familiar with the alphabet. Uh, uh, is your player's last name Jankowski or earlier in the alphabet? <laughs> say again. Or Jankowski or earlier. Yeah. Uh no. No. Why? Why the pause? I don't know. Do not. Do not know the alphabet. <laughs> Guess I don't. Worse <laughs> off than you. <laughs> All right. Next up. All right. I'm down to six. Good shit. Healthy pace. I'm not. Down to thirteen. Oh, there's so many players, and I don't know how to sort them by. Uh, okay. Who's your player first round pick? Yes, oh, my player was a first oh. round. pick. Is your player American? My player is not American. Down to three. All right. Up next, we are going to sort by... Okay, did the Nashville Predators acquire your player via trade? No. Oh my god, that's four. That's <laughs> horrendous, man. Alright, I've got three. We've got Ryan Johansson, Jeremy Lozon, and Nino Niederreiter. Now, obviously, we have Niederreiter who, you know, tore it up in Europe for the game. We got Johansson, who's overpaid. We got Jeremy Lozon, who's also overpaid. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Lozon, fringe defenseman at best. Um, and a couple of Second line forward. I think I'll go with the same strategy of picking the worst player of them all. Is your player Jeremy Lozano? No. Okay, the question is, how do I approach this? Do I approach this uh, guns blazing? Or do I... uh, I think you should guess a player who's not on your list. 
I think that's ill-advised. <laughs> I'm going to go and guess. I'm going to try to get it out of four. Okay. I have Fabro, Duche, and Granlin, and Jankowski. All mean nothing to me. Um, Is your player Mark Jankowski? Fuck no. off. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Is your player... Hmm. I'm, I'm, should I try the strategy of like starting to like say I'm gonna think I'm gonna guess a player, see what you think about that, and see if you have I'm a reaction no to thoughts. it. I'm trying my putting on my best poker face. All right, because honestly, I am leaning towards Nita Ryder. Did <laughs> <laughs> I say just gonna nod it along? All right, but on the other hand, I might also pick Joanne. <laughs> uh, I feel like hmm. My, my, I'll, I'll, also, my gut is you had to like conceal some sadness when I said I was leaning towards Nita Rider. Um, plus, that was my actual gut to begin with, so that would be my guess. You're playing Nino Nita Rider. Nino Nita Rider. Oh, but lucky for you, I did do the smart thing and I still have three players left, so I just yeah. embarrass myself. Oh, uh. You're playing Mikael Granlund? No. Fuck off. That's brutal. Brutal. You're blowing Brutal. It. Okay. okay. Having a bad God time. Damn. You're a player Ryan Johansson. Ryan hey. Oh, I got to get there just to stay in it, eh? Yep. You, sh- you certainly do. Dante Fabro. Ah, yeah. let's go. Clutch. Clutch. <laughs> Clutch. Only got on the third <laughs> guess. Yeah. Okay. Well done to me. Um, securing the tie. Securing All right. The now that we're bro- I'm going to try so many more of these mind games of like making things about My to get God. someone. I'm, I'd be prepared Keep for the this. the worst poker face. <laughs> Well, it worked that time. I didn't know yeah. it's true. Uh, okay. Uh, no mind games allowed. Bandit. Okay, no mind games allowed. I'm joking. You can mind game all you want. All right, go ahead. All right. I will put my player in this block. Roman Yossi. I'll put Taisei's player in this block. Tanner Janot. And now we will begin the final round with your guest. All right. Let's go. Let's go by draft here. Uh, was your player at the start? I don't think anybody's on first. Uh, your player's uh, name, uh, first name, Mark or earlier in the alphabet? No. Was your player drafted in the top 40? That was too quick for you. Players. Um my player were they drafted in the top forty? No. Okay. Down to twelve. Pretty good. If I may say so. Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh okay. Was your player acquired by the Nashville Predators via uh signing? No. According to Cap Friend. Nope. Is your player... Wait, do I want to guess this? Yeah. Is your player a forward? Yes. All right. Down to six. Six forward. Okay. Was your player drafted in the first round? No. Was your player ever drafted at all? No. Down to three. All right, here we go. Make or break. I have to win. Win out. You have to win outright to pull to draw the tie. 
Oh, this is a fun bunch, eh? Roman Yossi, Yakov Trenin, and Matthias Ekholm. You're playing Matthias Ekholm. No. Fuck off. That's terrible. That's brutal. All right, I've got... Play all the mind games you want. I've got Tanner Cheneau, Kiefer Ass Sherwood, <laughs> and Cole fucking Smith again. <laughs> all right. Um, the fact that you laugh so hard at Cole Smith makes me think you didn't see that name coming. There's a thought. Uh, we got Sherwood. We got Jeannot. Sherwood's been notable, obviously, over... We talked about him last week and everything. So I'm going to go with... Uh, is guessing... I think I'm going to guess Tanner Jeannot, but I'm not <laughs> sure. Because No, actually, what if I guess Sherwood instead? What if? Is there... I feel like it's very much a dick move if I like, if I like start to ask something and then like double back halfway through the the sentence. <laughs> probably ask the question straight up. Fine. Is your player Tanner Janot? Fuck it is. It is. You're right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's brutal. Your player Yakov Trenin. No. It was Roman Yossi again. Yeah, it was Yossi again. <laughs> I was so doomed. I was so doomed at this game from the beginning. This is so cursed. <laughs> So cursed. Hey, the one guy you called out before we started uh, recording. You get him twice, huh? And he's the super. I got him twice. Yep. Oh man, just a straight L. Okay. Uh, so now we can do the part where we say the names, uh, so that we can edit them in. So I'll go first. Uh, who was my player in round two? It was round two. It was uh, Dante Fabro. Right. All right. So I'll go first. Roman Yossi. Dante Fabro. Roman Yossi. You know, you didn't need to uh, say it twice. Yes, I did. <laughs> just I had to. <laughs> For the bit. <laughs> For the bit. All right, I don't remember who anybody. I had Cole Smith and I had. Uh, uh, you just had Janelle. I had Janelle. In the second round, uh, if I press undo enough on this, on this dock, it'll come up again. Uh, Ryan Johansson. Right? That was, yeah. So say the name Cole Smith. Ryan Johansson. Tanner Janot. All right. There well, there we have it. I have just won uh, the national round of Guess Who, first ever in person. Next time we play Guess Who will be the Washington Capitals for sure. They're the only team we haven't done yet in approximately two and a half years going through every single team. The Seattle Kraken were over a year away from getting a name when we started this. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crazy. Uh, and then after that, we'll start again. Maybe from the top in the exact same order, but probably not. I think we'll shake it up. Yeah, we'll shake it up. Yeah. Can't make it too predictable. Exactly. Yeah, leave him guessing. Yeah, we gotta guess in who who? Guess in which team. Ah. Alright. Um so yeah. I'm just putting this into my doc. It's it's not even a doc, it's it's literally a note on my notes app on my laptop. I'm typing it in. So I am now nine wins, thirteen losses, and nine ties. I'll have to come back. I've gotta to get to double digits. By winning the Washington round in three weeks, I've got to. I have to. It's an obligation. I must finish three games back. Okay. But this math does add up, right? 18 plus 13 is 31. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Because uh, sometimes I forget to adjust those numbers. Well, I think that's pretty much the end of the episode, except we got to pick a team to watch this. Ah. Right. Who should we start the season with? Who are we most excited to watch? Because by the end of last season, we kind of based it on schedule. Now though, I feel like we should say who do we we're really interested in seeing and talking about. Okay. I've I've 
waited. Hmm, there's a couple options, both of whom I'm like I don't like, but like you know, like the team I don't like. But they're it's inter- there's the Rangers who have been really good. There's the Golden Knights because that's just chaotic. Yeah. Anything else? Any other? I options? mean, Calgary's had a ton of shakeup. Yeah, off. You see how they're starting to gel. Yeah. Um. Plus, there's the Battle of Alberta tomorrow. There is. If you want to watch that? Uh, have the the Flames. Uh, they've played so far, right? Yeah, they just beat the Avalanche last night. Yeah. Looks right. like they're off to a decent start then, beating the Avalanche. Want to do the Flames? Sure. Flames. They oh. got the oh, and they got the Golden Knights this week. Oh, too. great. Oh, what's the what's their schedule this week? So it's uh tomorrow, which is Saturday, and then Tuesday, and then Thursday against the Sabers. So we're seeing them play Edmonton, Vegas, Buffalo. Yep. Sounds like a good lineup. Nice. All right. Well, all for this. week from today, we will be discussing. Calgary Flames. Thank you for listening to Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We'll be back next week to discuss the Calgary Flames, believe it or not. Um, and other ongoings. Maybe some more PTOs and waiver action that everyone loves to hear so much. Maybe we'll finally have an idea on home opener ceremony to pitch. Um, yeah. Fusion and Hockey Podcast. What's better than this? <laughs> <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs>